We are all born artists and creators, yet slowly but surely our false programming from society, culture, and family takes us down a different path. I was born a spiritual gangster, and the awakened dad is the journey back to myself. My name is Brent Hurd, and I've taken the journey of achieving what I thought was success and found myself lying on an operating table facing the edge of life. My mission is to help as many of us reclaim who it is that we truly are and help 100 million children live out their greatest lives. Join me each Thursday in listening to the stories of those who have made it back to themselves and lived a life of fulfillment and joy. So welcome to the show, Heather Eland. As you know, I have been this sort of follower of yours and consumer of your content really on Instagram and obviously have been reaching out kind of for all kinds of astrology questions. So I couldn't be more excited to have you on the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. This is a little different than the the things I normally talk about. I don't normally speak about myself and my personal experience very much. I have Pluto on my ascendant, so I'm I'm quite private actually. So this will be interesting. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Very good to know. And of course, it, for me, as it pertains to the subject of astrology, you know, as I went through my awakening and really, you know, was this hard, been this hardcore corporate guy and had this emergency appendectomy followed by walking pneumonia. It was the subject of astrology that was as big of a piece of the puzzle for me in figuring out me as was all the other stuff that I did, which was reading spiritual books and learning about the universe and figuring out the universal laws, things that I never knew about. And so astrology is just very near and dear. So it's really cool to have you here. Yeah, that's absolutely wonderful. And I mean, that's what astrology does. It's a tool to learn about yourself, your strengths, your weaknesses, what you can work on and what you can kind of lean on. (laughs) And I mean, that's basically like the biggest thing astrology is used for these days, in addition to obviously making predictions and sort of navigating what's going on around us. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, listen, I mean, like, so as this guy, and it's actually funny, you probably don't remember, but you were doing one of your, it, it, I think it was the one of the monthly Q&As that, that you do in the community that I'm part of, by the way, I'm part of one of your community. And I had asked this question, it was really about my own personal chart. And you were like, actually, because you actually were looking at different people's charts and you were like, actually, your setup is one or your signature is one of that could potentially be an astrologer. And, and the truth is when I look back on how this all kind of, you know, started for me. So I had gone through this awakening. We go to the beach and with my entire family, like my nieces and nephews and, and we're at the beach and it was a full moon you know, shocker. So I'm sitting there, we're all out there like on the beach and I am just staring at the moon, like, like, like tranced by the moon, talking about the moon. And my nephew starts making fun of me. He's like, what is the whole this? Like what's happening with you and the moon? (laughs) And quite honestly, I didn't really know, but there, there really is this deeper connection with me and astrology. And 
So as someone, what I was saying was, you know, and so I began to consume so much content, so much astrology content from astrologers, wherever I could find it. And as I began to consume your content, it, you just struck me as this person who was delivering this content that was so specific, connected to what was happening around us. And it, it just worked for me so well because I learned about things that I had never known. And so my question for you is, how did you get to this place of this deep understanding about this such ancient, beautiful, I guess, science or, or yeah, I guess I'd call it a science maybe, but how did you get, how did you get here? Well, it's a bit of a lengthy, well, not really, but it kind of starts about a decade ago. So similar to what you experienced, I went through a bit of a health crisis in my early twenties, my very early twenties. And at that time I was already somebody who questioned things quite a bit. (laughs) I was always um, somebody who thought a little bit differently about certain things, especially just what society tells us is true, what the government tells us is true, what the media tells us is true. Those were things that I always felt suspicious about, but something that I'd never really questioned was the medical system. And that was until I had my own personal experience where I became very sick and it happened kind of rapidly. And it ended up leading into this experience of basically what people would call chronic fatigue syndrome, the cluster of symptoms that I had. Mm. And I was in my early twenties, I was feeling like absolute garbage. I was incoherent a lot of the time with really bad brain fog. I was feeling worse and worse. And the doctors I was going to, they weren't really giving me answers. In fact, they were just scaring me. They were making me concerned that I was going to feel worse and worse for the rest of my life. I was only 21 years old at the time. And I was in graduate school uh, for clinical psychology. And so that was the first thing where I was like, all right, I need to start kind of looking into alternatives because this mainstream medical system, it doesn't have answers for me. And I refuse to be sick like this. I refuse to live my life like this. Um, It was also during that time I was going through financial issues, relationship issues. I was doing the job that I thought I really wanted to do. And I was in grad school for the thing that I thought I wanted to do. And I was just not happy. It felt completely off, completely wrong. And I had this friend who was really into astrology and crystals and new agey things. And I just thought it was just kind of woo woo. And she would talk about it and I would just kind of, you know, roll my eyes and say, okay, yeah, whatever, you know, and, and glaze over. And one day I had a particularly rough month and I hadn't spoken to her and I went to her house and she started telling me about transits and things that were going on and how it might be affecting me. And without me telling her my experience, she was describing to me my experience. And so I was like, all right, I have to know how you're doing this. <laughs> this warrants me to, this, this warrants some investigation, right? So she recommended a book. I started picking apart my chart and this book had better information about me and like just so much knowledge that could not, it's just like, how does this book know this about me? Right. This is, how could this actually be true? And I was learning more about myself and more about human psychology through studying this book and studying my chart and things like that than I was in my psychology classes in a graduate level course. So yeah, I was hooked from there on out. So I've been studying and researching ever since. And what was the book? 
It was actually a very basic one. It's called the only astrology book you'll ever need. I recommend uh-huh. it to all of my beginner students because it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's man, that's fascinating. I I've had experiences where I actually thinking about this one experience is very close friend of mine. I was at his home and he had one of these, one of these birthday books in his library or you know, sort of wherever their books were pulled it out, obviously turned to, to, to my birthday and was like, wow, this is actually exactly me. And, but then obviously that's just completely scratching the surface. And then fast forward, I guess it was five or six years after. And I began to uncover all of the things about my own birth chart in astrology and my sun and my moon and my ascendant and all of the different aspects in, in my chart. And now I am spending time every day on either my own birth chart or transits that are happening. Why am I? And for me, it was much more around why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling today? Because I, you know, I, people would turn me as like, well, he's pretty moody or he's, he's got these mood swings. And it was actually, I'm so sensitive that what was happening around me or as above as below was impacting me. And I never, my entire life, put those things together. And when I did put it together, it gave me such relief because I never knew why I would feel the way I would feel. And, but as clearly as our systems are made up of the amount of water, and then I, I just like, utilize, I, I termed it as our systems are made up of so much water. The, if the moon can shift the tides, why wouldn't it impact our system? And so I, I guess as you have kind of, so it sounds like you've learned, you, you know it down to really like a, a, a medical sort of level in the sense of how the astrology will impact us physically, I guess. You, so you're able to get down to that granularity for yourself and for others, probably even your students. Yeah, absolutely. And medical astrology is something that I study just because I've had so many, you know, health issues that I've had to work through. And having that extra layer of information is actually incredibly useful because what astrology does, and it's not just for those who are kind of unfamiliar, it's not just your sun, it's not just your moon, it's not even just your rising. There's a whole chart full of planets, right? There are, you have to look at every single planet out in the solar system and how those planets are placed in respect to you at the time of your birth and how those planets are interacting with one another. And that tells a story, right? And that story tells you a lot about your personality, your psychology, your early childhood experiences, your likes, your dislikes, your natural talents and gifts, and also the things that maybe are not so nice that you're born with. Mm -hmm. And it also connects all of that, all of those experiences experiences and all those innate parts of you to these physiological issues that you might have. And so that is something that you can look at. And so it shows you how everything is connected, how the psychological is connected to the emotional, is connected to your experiences, your environment, and also your physical health. And astrology is kind of brilliant in that way. Wow. And how do you, and I'm, you know, you probably, since you've been doing it, as long as you've been doing it, the question I was going to, I was going to ask you was, and it's more of a question, probably I'm trying to figure out for myself is it's like, 
Look, I mean, obviously I've like come out of the spiritual closet and I would never have talked about these things in the past for fear of being judged or for fear of rejection or for fear of just what people would think. Because I used to care about that and still do in some way, shape or forms, but I'm actively working to get over it, which is probably a big part of this podcast. But how do you, how do you, I guess, talk to or sort of explain, I guess not explain, but just talk when, when people are like, well, I don't really know if I believe in astrology. Do you ever get into those conversations? You may not just because you do it as for a living, but I'm just curious. Do you ever come across that? Not frequently, actually, believe it or not. I mean, when I first started getting into astrology, I was working at the University of Chicago. I was coordinating like research studies mm. and my coworkers thought I was crazy until like things would start happening, right? Like during Mercury retrograde, everyone's equipment and this and that and all this stuff I told them that was going to happen would happen. And then they'd be like, so when's that Mercury thing happening again? <laughs> but, you know, beyond that, I... I've had a couple of experiences where it's been a little bit strange or a little bit awkward trying to explain what I do. <laughs> I remember the very first time actually that I was all in, I'm doing this professionally and I had to just tell someone what I did. Just basic question, right? You meet someone, what do you do? And I told this woman, she was like, definitely like a wealthier woman. Her and her husband were medical professionals. I was at this like wedding and she asked me what I did. And I was like, I am an astrologer. And she just like got super awkward and super weird. She's like, oh, uh, that's um, that's interesting. And then she just turned away and didn't talk to me the entire rest of the time. No and we were like sitting at the same table. So that was like my initiation into explaining to people what I yeah. did. But after that, I feel like it doesn't phase me if somebody thinks it's strange. It doesn't phase me if their eyes glaze over. And if people are interested and what I do, and they want me to explain it more, like maybe they are on the fence and they don't know if they believe that it's really a thing. I'm not really trying to persuade anybody of anything. It's not about believing it. It just is, right? It's you either acknowledge it and understand it or you don't. But um, I, it's similar to what you said about the, the tides, right? So if you think about the sun and the moon, those two bodies in the sky have a measurable physiological effect on our planet, on all life on the planet and on us physiologically as well. And you can see that you don't even have to be a scientist to understand that you can visibly see it. You can watch it happen. It's nature. And so those two planetary bodies are also the strongest influence on our personalities and on our experiences in the birth chart and in the astrology. And as you go farther out into the solar system, the farther out the planet is, the less the impact is, like the less strong the impact is, it becomes weaker. And so why couldn't it be that, you know, if the sun creates the seasons, if the sun dictates the life cycles of um, everything, right? All biological life, if the moon impacts fertility and reproductive cycles of all sorts of plants and animals and humans, why couldn't Mercury have a more like a smaller effect, a minor effect. Why couldn't Mars, Venus, Jupiter, Saturn? That's yeah. my question. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I, I know it to be true. I've learned so much about myself through it. And like there's one, I have this one aspect, like exact opposition of the sun and Pluto in my chart exact opposition. And, you know, I've read so much about like the, the kind of power dynamic that happens within that opposition and how much it 
And I feel that like in my, in kind of how I show up sometimes every day. So it's like even those small things that I've learned that I've through my chart has given me so much information about my own self. And so when, when people are in a place of beginning to, and I think like what's happening is there, I do think like many people are beginning to wake up. I think there's this waking up process happening across the globe. I guess, what advice would you give people as they're beginning the process? How do they begin to lean into to, to this, this science for the first time? Obviously, outside of coming and checking out all of your amazing content, which you have everywhere, which by the way, I listen to your your weekly, like I'm literally, I literally wait for your weekly to come out on Saturday mornings to go listen to it. What advice do you give to people kind of when they're first jumping in? Well, most of learning about astrology and understanding it is experiential. So like you said, you've learned about certain aspects in your chart and you've experienced how those play out in your life. And so I would recommend just starting there, right? Looking into different components of your chart piece by piece and thinking about reflecting on how that plays out in your life. And once you understand certain things about yourself and it's just right black and white, like right there in front of you through the astrology, not only does that, it helps you to understand yourself better, but it almost gives you permission. It's like, it's okay that I'm this way. Look, this I'm supposed to be this way. And now that I know that this is part of who I am, what do I do with it? Right. So like understanding, understanding that and understanding who you are at that level is the first step to either changing it. If that's something that you feel like you need to do or working with it in a different way or whatever it is. So yeah. So I recommend just kind of looking into just little bits and pieces of your chart. There's so much content out there for free on YouTube, on my channel and other channels. There are books that you can get that are not super pricey, like the only astrology book you'll ever need, which is by Joanne Wolfolk. And I really love that one. And just see if it resonates with you and see if it aligns with your experience. Chances are a lot of it will. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So when you like... Was there ever a time like in your life as a kid, like as you know, when you were growing up where you either, you know, I talked to people like who, like within the call it healing arts, you know, spiritual community where they had experiences as a kid and what, and a lot of stuff that, that we kind of, that I delve into is the programming that we all go through in our childhood, whether it's family programs, society programming. And this, the biggest question that I always ask is like, why is it so hard for people to be who they truly are? Like, why is it so hard for people to be who they truly are? And really the, the answer is like some form of rejection or fear or, or what that may be. Were there experiences that you had as a kid that you saw this or you had experiences that you feel like, connected you here to, to being an astrologer? I don't know if I had experiences that connected me to astrology necessarily. That wasn't something that was talked about when I was growing up or anything like that. Definitely though, I had experiences that were a little bit strange. Like I would have really powerful, like lucid dreams just naturally all through my childhood And it was to the point where I could like sit upright in a chair and just put myself back into the dream and then just go into the dream space and just be like lucid. It was like Uh a thing that I did all the time. And I just thought that was a normal thing until one day (laughs) 
I did that. I was sitting on the couch and I did that. And I woke, like kind of came to and woke up and my sister was staring at me and she was like, what are you doing? You're so weird. That was so weird. Because I apparently I was talking like to myself or talking in my sleep as I was yeah. um, having the lucid dream. And I was yes. like, oh, this isn't normal to do. This is weird. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, definitely there were some things that went on that when I was younger, some abilities that I had that I kind of, I think I did lose over the years and I've actively had to work on tapping back into, but not necessarily astrological. And, and so like lucid, like, like dreaming about like all kinds, just random stuff or dreaming about like, just like the event of the day or, and is lucid dreaming like you, you're in a dream. Like you can actually think like I'm in this dream. Is, it, is that right? Yeah. You're, co- you're conscious in the dream and you're aware of everything that's going on and you can kind of manipulate the environment you're dreaming. It's like being awake, like right now, how you are right now, but yep. in a dream. Mm. Um, and I can still do this. It's just harder, but yeah. So that's, I mean, that's basically what lucid dreaming is. And it's just something that I always did. And I thought was like a normal thing to do, but I would dream a specific type of dream. Every time I was always a little girl named Julie (laughs) and I could fly and I would fly around and I would help people and I would wear a white dress and fly around and help people. And that was, and there was always these aliens that I was trying to defeat. I was very scared of aliens because I had a, a traumatic experience watching ET when I was like four. Really? Really? It was a traumatizing movie. I don't know why they, that's supposed to be a kid's movie. <laughs> I thought it was horrible. <laughs> that's so funny. That is so yeah. funny. <laughs> that is so cool. So you would fly. Yeah. That, that I, yeah, I've that, cause that's like feels good. That, that the feeling of flying in a dream is like pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so as you have kind of come into this work, like from the family environment, like the family side of your life, like, is, is everybody on board? Like you said, your sister, when you were young, like, is she like, how does she, what does she think that you're an astrologer and helping people in the world today? I don't think she's super into astrology. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. did find out though, after I started doing this, that my mom was into astrology and she never just mentioned it. And she actually took an astrology course when she was younger. So I did get to learn that. And she's really interested in what I do. My dad is not so much interested in it, but he loves that I'm running a business and doing well at it. So he's excited about that. He just thinks the astrology stuff is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone's fine. Yeah, everyone seems to be all right with it. Is it like, I guess if like, if someone in my family was an astrologer, because like, I just want to explain the level of detail that you get to in your astrology, it, it, I don't see it anywhere else. I mean, like, I just feel like the way you talk about it is like, just it's profound. And I feel like if someone like you was in my family, I would be calling them literally every other day to help me on. I mean, I feel like there was a time like where I would message you like every few days, like, Hey, I'm feeling this way. Do you think, could it be connected to this transit or that transit? Yeah. It's just such a, a breadth of, of information um, and knowledge. I'm sure it's, I'm sure you've helped so many people. So, so you have now built the community where you actually, can you talk about the business as a whole, like in terms of what you've built and, kind of the the building blocks of it. I mean, so you must have started by just doing, you were doing YouTube videos or how did it start? Yeah, that's probably a good question. How did you just start it from nowhere, from scratch? 
Yeah. So I started doing readings professionally about six years ago. I started doing them for practice, just like I teach all my students to do. And so I was going through an intensive astrology course finally, where I was like putting it together in a more cohesive way. And I was practicing on anyone who would let me. So I was basically doing readings for friends and friends of friends. And then they started recommending friends of friends. And then all of a sudden I'm doing readings for a bunch of strangers. And I'm like, huh, maybe I should charge for this because this is getting a little crazy, right? I was getting really great feedback. And so I started by doing donation-based readings and on a sliding scale, just to make sure there was interest and people actually wanted to pay me to do this. And then I made a Facebook page and started writing about astrology and a website. And I was all of a sudden just through word of mouth, an astrologer within just like a few months. And that was kind of a crazy experience in and of itself. But I didn't start doing videos at first. I actually, I realized early on that it was something I was going to need to do my mid heavens and Leo. And it just made sense. Everyone kept telling me I needed to do videos and I did not want to do videos. I'm a Virgo sun sign. I don't want to be front center. I have Scorpio rising, Pluto on my ascendant. I wanted to like hide. I didn't even put my face on my website. There was no photos of me. And so one day I just went for it and I contacted a well-known YouTube astrologer and asked if I could join her team. And she invited me on. I mean, immediately all of a sudden I was doing videos for hundreds of thousands of people. And that was kind of like, like the big... <laughs> the big thing that really launched everything where I was going from doing like part-time astrology to all day, every day, readings, 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 while my own business was also going on. And it got so out of hand to the point where a couple of years ago, I just had to stop taking orders for readings. And I stopped in like June and I didn't finish until November of that year with all the readings oh. that were already ordered. And I also just really, I really wanted to teach. That was a a thing that's also very much shows up in my chart. I knew I needed to align with it. I love teaching so much. And I wasn't having the time to share what I was learning through doing all of these readings. So I started focusing more on creating courses. And after a couple of years of trial and error and really honing in on what I wanted to create, I created my giant year-long astrology course, the Cosmic Academy of Astrology. And we launched that this year. And I'm super happy to say that it's gone really well. Our students are getting such incredible results in such a short amount of time where it normally takes astrologers like years to put this together when they're learning haphazardly in the way that I started learning at least at first. (laughs) And yeah, I have my community, which is a place to just kind of explore and connect with like-minded people and get bits and pieces of astrology content. That's more using it for your own personal knowledge and understanding as opposed to the academy, which is more for people who want to go professional and do this for other people. Yeah. So I, I remember actually when you were talking about creating that and it felt like you were seeing all of this content out there that in a lot of cases, what, you know, was, was somewhat accurate was, I don't know. I mean, I guess, was there something that drove you towards creating? Cause you created this massive volume of content. What was the driver? Yeah. What was the driver behind it? This kind of goes back to the readings. So I started to think about it and I realized that if I work my butt off, like hardcore work, I can do hundreds of readings a year. And that's if I burn myself out. But if I train thousands of new astrologers, like really train them so they can give good, accurate readings with the best possible information, 
then they can give hundreds of thousands of readings every single year. And think about the impact of that, right? I could impact hundreds of people or I could impact hundreds of thousands of people Mm -hmm. and help them to understand themselves better, to navigate their lives better, to be more successful, to be happier, to be better adjusted. And that was the driving motivating factor. I wanted to put it all together to train people so they can really do this, not just understand it intellectually, but do it actively and help others by doing it. Wow. Man, I mean, and like putting that type of content together is a a feat in itself. And so how, like, can you talk about that process? I mean, like, I I mean, I obviously feel like I have a pretty good understanding of astrology. I feel like I, I, I don't know if I'd say I'd study it daily. I read about it daily. I stay very connected to it daily. And the amount of information is massive. How do how does one go about putting together this library of content that you went and put together to train all of these people? Where do you start? <laughs> well, I started with the basics. So I spent a couple of years doing small group classes with the foundations, right? Just how to read a natal chart. And that went through a few different revisions. <laughs> and I really figured out what people needed and the best way to teach it and put all of that together. And that turned from like a six-week course to now it's um, 16 weeks in the Cosmic Academy. And yeah, and then from there, just building off of that, right? Because what do you need to learn next? Well, you need to learn how to make predictions and how to understand what's going on right now in the astrology. So what? how do you do that? You do transits, right? So I started building a course on transits to add to that. And then from there, well, house rulerships are important to get into that detail that you're describing that I can really get into in the chart. And a lot of astrologers don't rely heavily on house rulerships or it's not taught as in the same way that I'm teaching it where it's such a heavy focus because that's really where you get into the nuance and the detail. And so I created another part for that and then solar returns and then perfections and progressions. And then I'm like, well, people need advice and guidance for actually doing professional reading. So that got added to the course and it just turned into this whole giant monstrosity of a thing that eventually worked itself out and turned into something that is really solid. (laughs) But it wasn't just like all at once. It seems like it happened all at once, but I've been working on this for at least a couple of years now. For quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. And so does the future of what you're building look like more just more sort of the content and teaching and a course or I guess teaching others how to become astrologer is that yeah what does the future look like I mean that's what I would love to to do I want to make this course even better and just turn it into like the best astrology course that exists <laughs> and Okay. <laughs> and I want people to, and that that's the other thing too, is that there's a lot of different information out there. And if you're studying incoherently, haphazardly from all these different sources, you're getting like this incongruent piecemeal information that's really hard to synergize and put together into something that you can use. And so I wanted to make it so it was really cohesive. It was really building off of everything and easy to understand and definitely had a practical application. And so, yeah, I'm still, we're we're refining it, we're making it better, and we're going to keep doing that for at least the next couple of years before I decide to, I think, move on to something different. (laughs) As in in something non-astrology or meaning something non-course driven? I'm probably just another course, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 totally. So, like, as you, there's two questions I want to ask you. One is, one is this, I'll go this one first. The question around 
So like two years ago, I was sort of seeing and kind of right, right when the pandemic hit, I was out or pandemic, plandemic, whatever you want to call it. I was seeing, because I had this lens of like, I came from the technology world, worked for these pretty big technology companies. I know the venture capital world. And I was seeing venture capital money flow into astrology businesses, like astrology apps. Yeah. And I, and then that kind of connected with the, the sort of waking up process, meaning more people were getting interested in astrology. Have you seen this? Like, I would imagine you've seen this massive growth within astrology as a whole, your business as a whole. Has it taken you by surprise? Have you, has it been a warm welcome? Is it overwhelming? Like you must be overwhelmed with the amount of people who want this content now. Yeah. I mean, overwhelmed, I'm sure in a good way, (laughs) Um, but yes, definitely. And I mean, even before the pandemic happened and all of that, I remember in 2018, I went to the United Astrology Conference, which was held in Chicago that year. And they didn't put a cap on the number of tickets that they were selling because there's normally not so many people. And that year they had, I don't remember what the number was. It was like a couple thousand people or something like that when normally they just have a few hundred. Mm. And because they didn't plan for it, a lot of the lectures you couldn't get into, everything was standing room only. It was packed. It was insanity. And even the people that like created the conference and planned it were like, <laughs> like we didn't know what, what to do, right? So yeah, so that was... That was then. And then in 2020, oh my goodness, that was insanity. Like the demand for astrology and the popularity of astrology, I think it's just because when people, and I noticed this prior to all of these things, when people are in crisis, that's when they start seeking out alternative answers when they're not getting the answers that they need from their normal resources. And so in a time of global crisis, when they're not getting any sort of coherent explanation for what's going on from the normal standard sources. Of course, they're going to be looking to outside different types of information, whatever they can to help understand and put this in some sort of context because people need context. You can't just have this like, this is all happening. We don't know why there's 30 different narratives going on and everyone's confused. So yeah, it it definitely, it it went went wild. (laughs) And going into obviously you've been doing this for such a long period of time. I mean, like, in the, and, and, and the amount of study, and I know how to, I know, like in the sense of when you lean in, in this field, you lean in, I mean, you just lean in and there's no other way as we were approaching 2020. And as you were looking at the astrology of 2020, would you be, and I would imagine you have a community of, of friends who are astrologers or just a community when you were having conversations about like, wow, what will this actually look like? What so interested in like what those conversations were like, or were you like, what is going to happen? I mean, we got to talk a little bit about that. (laughs) All right. So this is kind of one of the benefits of being an astrologer, but also maybe one of the drawbacks a little bit as well. So First off, I'm not a mundane astrologer, which is the type of astrology that looks at specifically making predictions for world events. I can dabble and see certain things and I could definitely see that something insane was coming. And my husband and I have been preparing for this since 2016. 
We were trying to get in the right place. We were trying to get out of the city. We were trying to get in an area that had an abundance of food grown locally. We were trying to get in an area that had its own electricity supply, water supply that was more independent from everything else that was going on because we saw, I saw that there was something coming, right? Like this is, this doesn't look great. Everyone could feel it, right? Everyone was waiting for the apocalypse to happen or something like the straw that breaks the camel's back. And so, yeah, we had a lot of conversations about it, but leading up, getting closer to 2020, I definitely, one of the things I was talking about was increased fear, right? Take people taking things to extremes and also a distrust of the government, but also the government tightening its reins, right? An increase in government power, tyranny, also mass redistribution of wealth, like kind of what we saw in 2008, but bigger. And we saw that obviously that was one of the big things that I could see very clearly. Um, And so something was about to happen. I didn't know that it was a pandemic, although in retrospect, if I did a little bit more historical research, I maybe I could have seen that, but I definitely saw a lot of the institutional things that occurred. I didn't expect it to come on as quickly and rapidly within the course of a couple of weeks as it did. I thought it would take a few months or the entire year. And yeah, but it happened and it happened very fast. Yeah, God, yeah, I know. It's funny because I see like when you... A lot of times you'll post content about just like you guys have, uh, I think a bunch of like goats and chickens and like some really cool stuff at the house. I had no idea that you like five years or four years ago, you were like basically looking for that based on what you saw coming. That's fascinating. Yeah. And we tried Arizona first, but the water was an issue and the ability to grow food was a little bit uh, difficult in Northern Arizona. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have the community that we wanted. So we looked specifically for a place that was really good for agriculture and our little valley we live in actually produces 70% of the organic produce and, and livestock in all of Colorado. So we aimed for this location for a reason because wow. I, I could see disruptions in the food supply chain coming, things like that. Uranus and Taurus, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's like I know everything you're talking about. So, so as you, as we, since we're on the subject, as we look forward, not that you're in the business of predicting, but like just kind of like broadly over the coming years, like, you know, 21 or 22, 23, 24. Do you see more of the same? Do you see things improving? Well, what do you see? I don't know that I see things improving. At first, I thought maybe 2025, 2026. I think there might be some more hope there where people, it seems like things are lightening up, but we're not at the peak of the craziness yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I highly recommend that you and your listeners check out a a mundane astrologer named William Stickovers. I'm a part of his mundane astrology group and he's brilliant. He does really intensive research far beyond what I have time to do because I'm very focused on personal astrology these days. But he has mentioned and shown a lot of evidence that the peak of the crisis, the global crisis is more like 2028, 2029. We're not at the peak yet. And I believe that to be true. And one of the things that I mentioned for this year also that I think will continue next year was disruptions, not just in the food supply chain, but just in the supply chain in general, especially for raw materials. Mm -hmm. And we've seen a lot of that. I think that will continue next year. I think a lot of what we're seeing is just going to continue to flow into next year. Basically, Um, we have a lot of similar signatures that carry on. Yeah. With, With the purpose of all of this happening for this greater awakening to occur for 
the benefit of the planet at some point? What, what, yeah, what's the, can we go down that road a little bit? I mean, that's more like a matter of opinion. I mean, yeah. who really knows what the, <laughs> what the actual like bigger yeah. purpose of all of this is. I'd like to think so. One of the things that I do believe is that people like you and like me and the people that are listening that we chose, we chose to incarnate right now. And we chose to do that for a very specific reason. If we're aware of what's going on in the midst of what's happening right now, when so many people are not, there's a reason for that. And if we're set up to succeed and if we're doing all right and thriving so much so that we're able to help others, then there's a reason for that. And I don't know what the be all end all of this is, but I know that we're supposed to be here and I know that we're supposed to be doing exactly what we're doing, which is helping people through it. And, um, yeah, that that's as far as much as I can say. <laughs> oh, I hear you. No, I, I I totally hear you. Do you have you gotten? I mean, I'm sure I would imagine you have studied or have you studied just to be like like the how astrology was used in the ancient times, like like mm-hmm. like like that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how did our ancestors use astrology? What 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 was the importance of it, and why did it? at some point become, I don't know, maybe looked down upon or witchcraft E. What is the story there? What is the fact there? Okay. So <laughs> first off to kind of like start from the beginning, the first astrology was predictive. It was mundane astrology predicting more global societal events. It was used specifically for kings and rulers and people like of that stature to strategize and plan for what was ahead. And so it was predictive only. And I mean, it developed into something where there was more personal astrology and natal astrology and things like that, especially in Hellenistic times, like Hellenistic Greece, which is sort of the time frame when the roots of modern Western astrology were discovered, created, developed, whatever you want to you know, frame that as. And so it was really popular in Hellenistic Greece. It was still people who had money, people who had status. Those were the people who were able to access it, men specifically over women, things like that too. But it was popular. And it was accepted and it was very highly regarded. And astrology was akin to science and astronomy. It was all linked together. And from there, basically what happened was around the time of the fall of the Roman Empire, because the Romans used a lot of astrology as well. They adopted it from Greek astrology, from Hellenistic astrology. And around that time, the decline of the Roman Empire, when the Catholic Church came to power, the Catholic Church did not like astrology. And so the Romans actually made astrology illegal. And the reasoning behind it, and this is documented historical fact, the reasoning behind it was because astrology was a threat to the Catholic church, like very literally. If people can go to these astrologers and learn about their destiny and their fate and what's going to happen because it was so predictive and so accurate, it was precise beyond what we have now. We've lost a lot of that knowledge from the Hellenistic times. We're still trying to recover it. If you could go to an astrologer and do that, why do you need to pay the clergy, the priests? Why do you need to appease them in any way, shape or form if it's all set out and laid out already? So it was banned. The astrologers had to burn their libraries, which is how we lost a lot of the more intricate information. Astrologers were either exiled if they continued to practice or they were publicly tortured. And that practice continued on for 
a couple, almost a couple thousand years, like hundreds of years until really the 20th century, 19th, 20th century, it started to come back. In the 20th century, we had modern Western astrology, which was kind of a new form of astrology that um, was combined more with psychology. And that's what most astrologers practice today. I do a com combination of psychological modern astrology and also Hellenistic predictive astrology. So, but uh, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> that's fascinating. Wow. I never knew that. So the, really the sort of big piece there is that is the Catholic church thought that that astrology would essentially com compete with it. Yes. Um, and so it, it extinguished astrology, but I would imagine in some ways, shapes or forms, astrology continued to be practiced in private maybe or in secret at least maybe here and there it's so interesting man it's so interesting because I, I think to myself like how crazy and cool when like people some people come in and they're just set up to to do this craft and some people are just not like it's just in within the signature within the birth chart would you say to a certain extent, yeah. I mean, some people would have a greater talent for it and a more of an interest in it than others. And you could see that in the chart. But astrology is not something that you just innately know how to do, right? So it is a learned skill. It's like a technical art form that you learn how to do. And anybody can learn a skill. It's just some people have an easier time learning that skill mm -hmm. and a greater talent for it than others. Yeah. And then I would imagine those who are sensitive or intuitive can also use that connected with the skill to really sort of take it to another level. Yeah. I mean, they definitely could. You don't have to be intuitive to be an astrologer. Like I said, it is a skill, but I mean, just like with anything else, your intuition can help you with any, literally any craft, any skill set, any trade that you do. Eventually, when you do it enough, you hone in on your intuition around that specific trade, that specific craft. And astrology is the same thing. It activates your intuition. And I mean, utilizing it with your intuition, I think is useful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you said a couple of times, I have Pluto on my ascendant. What, what does, can you explain what that means? <laughs> yeah. So Pluto is a planet that, well, basically Pluto is a planet that has to do with a lot of things, intensity, focus. It's a really good planet for research, for psychology, for things like that. The things that I was, you know, getting into yeah. and also occult studies, occult sciences, but Pluto is very, it's a secretive planet, you know, it's a, it's a <laughs> And um, it's very protective. And so when you have Pluto on the ascendant, you can be a little protective of yourself and all of that. But the other thing too with Pluto is that it's very hot and cold, black and white. It either is or it isn't. And so one of the things actually that I had to actively work on that I realized because I started doing readings for people with Pluto on their ascendant is actually responding and having emotions like in response to people saying something, not because I don't have emotions, but because my nature is to just be like stone face. I don't want you to read me. <laughs> And so I, I started having readings for people and they had put on the ascendant and I could not read them. And I would be like, oh my God, they hated this reading. And then they come back like two months later and be like, oh my God, your reading was the best thing ever. And I need another reading. And I'm just like, I thought you hated this. So I was like, okay, I, this is probably how I'm coming across to other people. <laughs> it's like, they don't, they can't read me, but basically it's like, yeah, it's kind of like you're all in or you're not. And people can either be really drawn to the Pluto on the ascendant energy or kind of more pushed, like taken aback by it or intimidated by it or something along those lines, mostly because it's, it makes you a little unreadable. 
Yeah, that's so funny. Literally, as I'm sitting here with you, um, <laughs> literally, you know, when I'm asking you a question, I see, because usually I can read people's faces. And so, yes, fully get that. That is really unbelievable. Thank you for saying that, because now I feel like I'm doing a little bit better than maybe I thought I was doing. First time. <laughs> Facial expression. That's me, like actively. Res- I'm, I'm like, I need to respond to this with an emotion on my face. <laughs> like, oh my god! I'm so glad I asked you that question. <laughs> <laughs> and you said one other thing, which I want to ask, which was you said I, Leo, you, you have Leo as in your your MCs in Leo. Is that what you said? Yeah, my midheavens in Leo. Your midheaven. Yeah. Can you talk about that as well? Just help and educate people a little bit. Okay, so the midheaven represents your career and your public reputation. And it's kind of what you need to align with in order to not just be successful, but feel successful and feel good about what you're doing in your career path. And so having the midheaven in Leo indicates that you need your unique talents, skill sets, gifts, the things that you do out in the world. You need those things to be recognized and you need some praise for it, right? To a certain yeah. extent, you do need to be the center of attention. And even though that's something that for me was uncomfortable because of other placements and just because of who I am, once I started doing that, my business started doing really well. I started loving what I was doing. I was like, I actually really love making videos and talking about these things oh. and putting myself out there. But I was... I was resistant to it. And so when you align your your career with whatever your midheaven represents in terms of its sign placement and also the rule of the midheaven, there's so many other things, you'll be more successful and you'll be happier with what you're yeah. doing for sure. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, this is, I, I, I really, I mean, I could go on for hours, but I really sort of feel like you've given me and us this audience so much to sort of think about where can people reach you and where can people sort of see all of your great stuff? Yeah. So everybody can find me at astrologywithheather.com or on YouTube. My channel is called Astrology with Heather. I have a lot of astrology content tutorials and I do forecasts as you mentioned before. um, So you can figure out what's going on right now. Well, thank you so much for being part of this show. Really, really appreciate you taking the time and, um, and maybe down the road we can have you back. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Hey, thanks for being with us today and joining me on my mission to help 100 million children live out their greatest life. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Awakened Dad podcast and share with your friends and follow us on Instagram at The Awakened Dad. If you like what you heard today, please make sure to listen to our other episodes and thank you for being with us.